0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? You are on the sidelines with the sideline guys for a very special MMA edition of TSG. I, of course, am being joined today by my brother-in-arms, the most honorable man that you will come across when it comes to his takes on these fights, my guy, Sean Negron. How's it going, brother?
1: Oh, you know, it's uh, it's going great. Yeah. Missed you. It's been so long since, since we've last recorded one. So, <laughs> but uh, it's it is it is good to be back here. I am glad to be breaking down this card. I look forward to these little fight nights just as much as I do the pay per views. So it's gonna be a good one.
0: Yeah, man. And looking at the card, too, like I think this is a sleeper as far as uh, what can we what we could expect. Um, I'm really looking forward to this card and I'm looking forward to the dynasty part of it, too. Like the draft is going to be interesting here. And I got the first pick. So if, if it's feeling good. Um, but before we get into the meat of things here, I just wanted to address some particulars, the first being please make sure if you like what you see, right? You're enjoying what you're watching right now. Please make sure you hit the like button here on YouTube and you follow the brand at OTS media co, as well as OTS media. Oh, well, OTS media co on all platforms, OTS media on YouTube. Uh, make sure you're subscribed so that you can get all these lovely faces in your inboxes immediately as soon as we upload our videos. So with that being said, um, I also wanted to ask you, Sean, where can the people find you off the top?
1: Where can you find me? All right. Well, you can always find me on Twitter slash X. I'm still going to Twitter. I don't care. Uh, at Sean Negron 26. It is. Uh, you can also find me at bsreports.org, org. And uh, that's my own website where I get a bunch of Writers, anyone involved in sports and want to continue to be involved in sports to uh, put their content on a platform. And I give people that, that time, that place. And if you ever want to do something like that, you can always reach out to me anytime.
0: Yes, sir. Get involved with BS Reports ASAP. It is confirmed. I have already started. So don't, don't. Hey, hey, that's a win, right? That's a win. I have started. Uh, so I've got an article coming soon. Keep your eyes peeled for it. It'll be up. I, I yeah. promise it'll be up before October 1st. So keep your fucking eyes out for it. Wow, With that being wow. said. That's a week I'm, ahead. That's a week away. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, bro. I'm not only ready for it. I actually am interested in continuing this series. So uh, you'll Ooh. see. You'll see. You'll see. This. this guy's got a grand reveal on the way. Hey man, I've been I've been putting this off for too long. Okay, I've been putting this <laughs> off for way too long. Uh, but with that being said, uh, you can find me as well on the Twitter machine because I refuse, <laughs> I refuse um, at Negron MMA and, and also on um, TikTok at Negron MMA. So follow me there, and then you could catch me on Instagram at Chris Negrong underscore. So with all that being said, the pleasantries out of the way, there were a couple big fight announcements for the upcoming pay-per-views. I first want to talk to you about this, right? So this new era of fight announcements, um, things have changed. I remember back in the day, there were reveal events. There were these suspenseful moments where we actually not only found out about one pay-per-view, but probably like the next five. Um, Lately, they've been doing the... Dana White talking head What's up, everybody? <laughs> 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 I fucking love that you did that Because literally <laughs> I don't know what that man is on But he is wired Um, He is wired he is for sure wired, right. um, But yeah I by the end of all these videos, I feel like he just got a head full of steam and it's, it (laughs) somehow looks exactly like the end of fucking Friday. Like it's, it's wild. But, um, how do you feel about these new style fight announcements and the timing of them? Because I, I've got some things to say about the timing of these fucking
1: announcements. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I think it's, it does a disservice to the fans to do this on Twitter. Um, i do understand that you want to put it on a social media platform you want people to talk about it and engage it's it does much more in engagement if you're the one you know you're posting it on twitter and then all the social media engagement after that is probably much much better for the brand but i believe that you know for something like this for something as big as 295 and 296 both of these cars back to back i felt like you know I that's how I thought they were gonna do it for Conor for 296. Like that was the big rumor, that they were gonna wait until you know right before a co-main event or something, of uh, of a of a previous pay-per-view to announce that Conor was coming back and let the fans erupt. But I get it at the same time because you know it. Uh, some people you know aren't tuning in to some pay per views and some people aren't staying up till midnight to find out that there's a fight coming. So. It's easier for Dana White to just yell at the camera, onto Twitter because it's timeless. You can watch it anytime. It's you know it's unlimited uh, clicks. So I do understand why they do it this way. I do miss I do miss the old ways though because the hype behind that that sitting there with your buddies or sitting there with you know whoever you're with or even by yourself and going oh my god they made that fight. And then checking social media to, you know, or, you know, calling your friends and texting your friends and that stuff I do miss for sure. But it, it is it is understandable why they do do it this way. I just feel it takes away the hype, you know, especially when you put it on a social media platform. It, You know, a big fight announcement, it's like as you're clicking the video, you can see 68 comments that say the fight already. And you're like, uh, of course. Okay, here we go. You know, like there's no big reveal as well as, you know, one used to be for sure man i couldn't agree more and the
0: weirdest part about it too is like once again like these these events are not far out right like a lot of the times we'll we'll get this um big dump of fights at one time uh but we've got fights on the horizon talked about at this like press conference for the next five months and so the fact that it's three months in advance um I don't like the counter programming aspect of it that they've done recently between the Engano announcement uh the the very rumors true. around the Bellator sale like I feel like they choose very strategically when they're dropping these nuggets that's, it's not a day that's a Dana thing you know
1: it you know he can't stay away from having the lime you know, whatever it takes to get the attention back to the UFC. There's so many instances where he'll say he doesn't do this certain type of fight. He won't. He doesn't do this. You know, he doesn't uh, try to compete with boxing. He doesn't try to compete with others. And then it's like something big will happen with another organization, another uh, uh, anything. And he'll be like, oh, I don't do that stuff. And then you'll see 24 hours later he's doing like the biggest thing to top whatever someone else had done. But, yes, continue. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I love it, and it's just
0: like I said. It's it's very clear what you're doing. I could. I agree a hundred percent. Whenever it comes down to the announcements being dropped this way, a lot of the times you're seeing it as far as people posting the news already and linking that <laughs> video. Yes. So it's like you, there, there's no suspense, and it just gets dropped on your fucking head. I mean, it's better than nothing i guess but it feels like a whole lot of nothing like once again it feels like a missed opportunity like a lot of your your cards could be getting a lot more hype but i guess they just really have that much faith <laughs> blind faith in dana's draw right like i'm really interested whenever he decides to hang it up right because i think it will happen in our lifetime um
1: well it has to <laughs> i hope yeah i um, hope so right so. god willing, you god willing we're still here. here yeah
0: um but I think once he leaves, um, I feel like UFC might be lost at sea for a little bit, and it's not because Definitely. just that, just because of him, but I just feel they rely so heavily on his influence. Um, it, it's it's strange, but hey, I guess he draws, right? I can't I can't complain too much.
1: Yeah, you know, he's. I don't think there's gonna be anyone that's a CEO slash owner president, whatever the you want to call him, like him. I don't think there is anyone like him, so. Uh, in in the sports world, so I, I do people hate on Dana, people hate on Connor. I you know I'm I've been a fan of the UFC for a long time. I cannot hate completely like yeah, there are certain things that Dana is out of his fucking mind for and you know some things that definitely rub, rub me the wrong way that he does. same thing with Connor, but I'm always gonna be a fan of the reason why you know the UFC has blown up to the way it is and that has to do a lot with what Dana has done. And a lot to do with, uh, you know, I would I would say, anyone anyway, you can argue with me uh, about this, but I would say over a third, if not close to half, of the fan base that it's grown from 2016 on has a lot to do with Conor McGregor. And it's easy to hate on him so quickly because it's just what this world is all about. But if Conor never existed, I, I think that this fan base would be, uh, not significantly less, but a decent amount less than it once was. Unless obviously, you know, there's another Conor McGregor with a different name, but you know, if John Jones never got in trouble. Then maybe it was him. But you know, uh, Conor McGregor blew up the UFC, blew up mixed martial arts. It, you know, it turned everyone's eyes away from boxing, and that has a lot to do with the two of them. And um, I give a lot of credit to both
0: of them for that for sure i mean just think about it this way there's a whole era of fans that look at conor mcgregor like why the fuck is this guy interesting like literally they don't they don't understand the bit because if you didn't live through it you don't you don't get it right you don't get it uh monuments is time for the sport and that's why um ultimately he's always going to get the respect right regardless of how these things go um his case funny enough for like being a hall of famer is a hundred percent. Like there's no question that he's going to be in the hall of fame, but you you stack up what he's done with a lot of different guys. That is kind of questionable whether or not they're going to be in the hall of fame. And yeah. it, it starts, it starts getting interesting. Uh, but once again, first double champ, you can never take that away from him. The dude yeah. is a legend. And I don't think we're going to see it again. Like at least not to that scale. Like there's going to be guys like Sean, that's trying to uh, do the damn thing um yeah I, I mean i didn't expect him to get this far so i, I think he could also
1: uh sneaky but he was up, not
0: not to that level not not yeah to that he level.
1: was he was the first at that small of a weight class like you know you you had especially at the ufc at that time it was really about the heavyweights drawing fans in for watching a bunch of heavyweights and light heavyweights that was the big draw for the ufc at that time And obviously you had the smaller names like Jose Aldo was the untouchable, the unbeatable was the godlike figure. But then you had this little pesky, arrogant asshole that just, he he talked the most shit, but he got everything done and he always backed it up. And so he drew attention to these smaller guys, quote unquote, and it made people start paying attention to the UFC and, the you know it was right before, i think it was right around the time where rankings were beginning you know paying attention to rankings paying attention to the dominant cruises of the world and you know like everyone knew who dominant Cruz was but you know i i do think that with the stardom of a featherweight like conor mcgregor it made people go i, I want to pay attention more to the bantamweights now and i want to pay attention more to the lightweights and the you know welterweights and you know like obviously gsp was the king of the world and as as well, Anderson Silva came in you know, and did his thing, but he was bigger. And I think Conor zero title defenses, but he is the biggest name in UFC history. You know, he's he's as big as they'll ever come, and no one will ever come remotely close to it. You know, I everyone, no matter what you do, anyone that even comes close to Conor in like a conversational point is always going to be referred to as the next Conor or. What, you know, can he be as big as Connor? And even John Jones, who has backed it up with fighting as the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, he's nowhere near the stardom that Connor ever was. And from the 2016 to 2018 time, or even before that, 2014, 2015, but 2016 when he won at UFC 205 till fighting Khabib in, I think, 2018 after fighting in between fighting Floyd that time was the peak of conor mcgregor and the ups and quickly like the fall before it became conor. dark
0: right before it got Very fucking dark. dark it got dark quick too I, yes. I love this conversation i don't know how we, we, got we do here, have to push but <laughs> I, no, no no i'm gonna ask you this before we move on because i yes, as yes, you were yes. talking i was just like this just blew my head up so i can only imagine your response mm-hmm. if We live in the world where that tweet after becoming double champ was real. And Conor McGregor said, thanks for the cheese. I'm out and retired and meant it and was done with his career. Would you, do you think he had, would have had a more chance to be considered the goat than he does now?
1: Ooh, good one. Um, no. Um, Uh, Yeah, you know what? Actually, I take that back. Yes, he would have more of a chance to be considered the GOAT, but he would never be, like, really in that conversation Um, because of the fact, you know, we look at Khabib now, and Khabib is one of the greatest of all time, but everyone always says now that he left too early. You know, he retired too early. And, you know, people love to forget the reason why he retired, but it was, you know, I think, it's easy to hate Connor now because of the fact he's been so in and out, but mostly out. And that when he does come back, he looks like a shell of himself. And then, you know, he ends up losing. And, you know, because he's had so much ring rust, and he's always doing some stupid stuff off of, out of the octagon, he's getting into fights, he's getting arrested. It's just, it's just, he's hurting his own legacy. So I think even if he said, I'm out, You know, I think his, he can't help himself but be in the limelight. He has to make it about himself. He has to. So if he really did decide he was retiring and he was done, I think he would have done something outside of the octagon or boxing more, more boxing that he would have ruined his own legacy. Either way. (laughs) Either way. He, He just can't help himself. And now, you know who the hell knows what he like? when I look at him, I don't even recognize him now because I don't even know what weight he's at. He's probably <laughs> up close to two hundred pounds. yeah, but I agree. you know, like everyone I saw a bunch of rumors and I said, I, I would stop watching UFC, you know, probably not, but I, I would be livid if I found a situation where Connor was fighting Sean Strickland to you know, become a three weight champion. I uh, would lose my mind if Dana would ever allow it because he would, you know, yeah. Dana has said, publicly before, that if you're a star like Conor that has always taken a fight, who has done so much for the UFC, why would I ever say no to him? You know, this is the reason why you would say no to him, because it, it, it does not make any sense. Granted, Sean Strickland would love that fight, but it would just destroy everything that you built for years in that in that weight class and just having a guy stroll in and out and he wouldn't win. And so it's like, you have to be able to sit there and, you know, Connor's like, he's got to be like, you got to look at him as like your son in a way where he's the face of the UFC still, but you got to, you got to protect him. And, you know, putting him against Dustin was a good opportunity at first. You know, I, I still thought that he was going to beat Dustin that second fight. But then going into that third fight, I was like, please don't, please don't make that rematch. Yeah, it's over. He doesn't look like the same guy please don't do this he's pretending to be angry now He's looking like his former self please stop he's doing pretending. this you know he's pretending like he was just this humble guy six months ago and all of a sudden now he's angry because of you know the way the the donation thing didn't work out like come on like now you're because i think the first
0: one was pretending. was pretending not not the second one but i feel you which one the the the, the, one well, the second fight humble? The, exactly. That was the pretending part. We already saw the veil was already lifted of him being that person. The, honestly, he grew to yeah. the stardom he did because he was that. I genuinely think he was that person. Like, that's who yeah. he was. But after the insane rise, right? I think there's another hypothetical world we could live in where he doesn't become mm-hmm. the star that he became and actually has the skills to be considered more of a goat than he would be now because he was able to focus more, but that's a, another fun conversation for another day. You can uh, we, could go, we could go hours on, on exactly. So many <laughs>
1: hypotheticals that he could have had. There's so many times I wish he didn't beat Jose Aldo, you know, because he, I think he would have had that fire to make sure that he was considered the greatest of all time. But, you know, just beating Jose and then getting immediately, you know fighting alvarez but really the diaz and the Nate diaz twice but just craziness but let's let's get back to 2023 Yes,
0: sir. I think it's important. I know how we got there, though, right? Because ultimately talking about those press conferences that was the era, right? That was the Conor McGregor peak was the era where they would announce these things ahead of time and things like that. So it's all it's all threaded, I promise. But anyway, uh, we have to fight. Yes. Yes. We got some fucking business to attend to here, ladies and gentlemen. So sorry. I hope you enjoyed the tangent. I thought we were going to
1: skip right over it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, you're good Next up, UFC 295 It was announced that the co-main event In New York, in MSG Right underneath the main event of John Jones Versus Stipe for the belt The co-main is Yuri Prohachka Returning to reclaim what is his If you ask me Against Alex Pereira The matchup made in heaven The one we talked about as far as when we were looking at uh, Jan Blachowicz versus Pereira, the matchup that, the dream matchup, right? This this was the one we wanted. Um, first of all, my my first question is, because I already know this fight is going to be insane, right? Um, I said that about JDM and Kevin Holland, and it didn't come true, right, to that extent. I know this fight is going to be insane. Like, there is, there is not a Yuri Prohaska fight that isn't insane. They they don't exist. L- look on his resume, I promise. They do not exist. So, um, And that on top of what Pereira brings, I, obviously he's the more reserved of the two. So <laughs> Yuri's about to go crazy. Um, I say all this to say, Sean, who you picking three months out and how do you feel about this matchup being the co-main to already historic card? Oh,
1: okay, so... I didn't believe in Pereira to beat Jan. Um, I thought, I thought Jan would have had better, more of a gas tank against Pereira, and I thought that he would out wrestle him here. Yuri is is very interesting because Yuri's rise to being a champion came off of such a crazy situation, you know, and this is like, this has much more of a storyline here, you know, the fact that, um, Yeary had beaten Glover Deschera. And, you know, Glover DeShera was winning that fight all the way until the final, like, two minutes of the fifth round. And all of a sudden, everything flipped. And that Yuri submitted Glover out of nowhere. It seemed like Glover was about to win the win the fight four rounds to one. It just seemed like it was his. And all of a sudden, you know, Yeary came out. And uh, he didn't even look like his best, but he got the job done. And then, obviously, the injury you know and then Jamal Hill comes in and then there's a whole thing here but then Pereira is being trained by Glover this entire time and this is kind of now like the you know fighting in Glover's honor for Pereira here this is um kind of getting that revenge factor so you're going to have like you're going to see it all over all over the uh whatever they do the UFC breakdown the embedded the You know the when they do the i forgot what they call it the the ufc episodes where they hype it up and you know make it so dramatic but they're gonna they're gonna go crazy with this they're gonna constantly show that fight and show how glover was winning geary pulls out on top at the last second and while Pereira's in the corner you know he's all excited and all of a sudden you see him so heartbroken and then you're gonna they're gonna zoom in on his face that footage exists yeah it exists yes it does and you knew and you knew that this day would come and the day is finally here and it's no bigger place to do it than madison square garden you know i think this is going to be a hell of a freaking main card um i can't wait till they fill out the rest of the event in fact i love that Mackenzie dern and jessica andrage are also on this card i think that's a hell of a fight as well so When it comes back to this co i don't know i'm gonna go with yuri right now but i also want to see some footage of uh of pereira i want to see his adjustments and you know we've only seen one fight with him as a light heavyweight so i'm i'm curious to see how well that does against someone other than jan who jan seems to be heading towards the the outs of his career. He's an older guy, and dude was gassed after five minutes. Yuri, who is so eager to get his belt back against Pereira, who wants to be a two division champ, like you could not have two dudes more hungry. And obviously, with the storyline of Glover in the corner right there, you have a crazy story here, and it's gonna be it's so overshadowed because John Jones and Stipe being the two greatest, you know, the greatest heavyweight versus the greatest of all time. But man, you could not ask for a bigger main and co main at the garden than than this one.
0: Bro, you got Did me I hype it up fired enough? up. Yeah, you got me fucking <laughs> fired. Like I'm literally about to run through a wall for you, bro. Like I, 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 I know <laughs> I that the, the fucking MSG tickets are like astronomically impossible. Uh, but no matter what happens, you and I will be in the same room watching this fucking card. I already Absolutely. know that because wow. Uh goddamn you got me hyped. But Yes, um, as far as going back to the the breakdown of things, I think an important factor that always gets lost in that Yuri versus Glover fight is the fucking body work, man. That's what that's what yes. led to that choke. It was not just oh he just took a took the back like Alexa Grasso or something yeah. like that. It was like accumulative damage. And then eventually putting himself in the position to get the win. That fight was fucking insane too. That that's another fight that doesn't get enough respect, in my opinion, is all-time great. Like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Moments Definitely. for sure. Um, as far as this matchup though, uh, I I couldn't I couldn't imagine a world where Yuri's gonna be able to fucking keep himself uh contained enough. Uh, to not get hurt by Alex Pereira. Like, whenever I think about this fight, I think no matter what, he's going to get rocked, and probably multiple times, just with the way he fights. Um, It's so weird, because there's so... I don't think there's ever been really anyone that I've watched, especially at these weight classes, that has the ability to take shots, but also has just such a weird, like, spirit to him, where... He he can take shots, and then he's just the way he does things is so different that over time it it really does feel like some fucking um Super Saiyan shit. Like you're you're watching Definitely. this guy get get sent to the edge of hell, and once he gets there, is when you you fucked up and yet you, you activated the the biggest problem, and he's coming yep. back and and doing Yuri shit and uh just destroying your life. So this is a very hard fight for me to pick. I'm just so scared of Alex Pereira and how cerebral he is. This is a hundred percent sadness edge for me. I'm picking Pereira to, to win and become a, a I two, like it. A, a two I division like it. champ, but I know who I'm going to be rooting for. Right. Like I, <laughs> I think I'm in for some big time sadness on this card, bro. Like between this and um the the main event, like I, I think I'm going to yeah. be in, in big time shambles here, but goddamn uh, i'm so hyped
1: for this uh, i'm so hyped is there anything else it's you also want to say? <laughs> it's also because and i didn't even mention it is the fact who knows how good year will be from the shoulder surgery you know from the fact that he has hurt his shoulder and it's the worst you know dana's even saying it's the worst shoulder injury that they've ever seen and it's so bad and you know he had to, he had to you know get rid of the belt and now he's back so who knows who knows if that if, if his shoulder will ever be a hundred percent or if it is, you know, going into camp and um I thought he was gonna be out for like two years. I thought he was gonna take his time coming back, but you know, the fact that he is back at this time and you know, if this fight didn't happen, it would have been Jamal Hill versus him and I think that we need that. We need that, that. and that will it's happen. All said and and done. That will happen yeah. this time next year. I think Jamal Hill who had an Achilles injury, I think he'll be Close to coming back, I think by early 2025, they'll probably have that fight ready. And uh, even if they're not champions, they'll make that a fight nightmare event if they have to. Because that fight needs to happen. But, yeah, most definitely. Um, it, it really is interesting. And the fact that, you know what, Glover is teaching Pereira everything that went for in his fight went right and everything that went wrong. So when you you could not ask for a better coaching experience than the guy who literally fought him last. So, you know, you're going off the guy who fought him last and then the shoulder injury. So, you know, you're really rehabbing your shoulder and trying to get yourself back to 100% before you can even prepare yourself for a fight and then prepare yourself to do something different. So there's a lot there. So I, I 100% you know I, I, it's going to probably be a coin toss for me when, it, when the day comes on who I'm picking. I'll probably end up betting who I don't think is going to win so that I end up somehow being right. Because if I pick who I want to win, I'll lose because I always do. And then that person (laughs) will end up winning. So I have to find a way to outsmart myself with myself. But I'll get it done.
0: You gotta make the money work right that's all that matters so yes sir i, I lose I money in betting like crazy. It's, crazy it's like i lose money in order if for the good the greater good for the for Dude, who, <laughs> who
1: like this is what i mean i haven't bet in a while and i bet the sean strickland adesanya thing like ah easy 10 bucks <laughs> and it just he sent it to me too, I, I was it too. <laughs> i'm just sitting there going like what does it take for me to get one bet right what is it so like, it's never happened do? like it's never, no, never. happened <laughs> never. i cannot get a single bet right no matter what Love that's why sometimes i just donation, choose who i don't bro. think's going to win and then i end up still losing like it it i swear i i have to just make my bets and then you could see it so that you could go and like put the craziest parlay on everything i choose wrong and then you'll end up winning because i swear i have the worst luck it's it's crazy
0: I love it. I think I think a new feature, somewhere down the line on this show, (laughs) has to be like we don't we don't even have to bet real money, right? We just gotta like do like a a a picks challenge, right? Where like we're picking these different fucking um, fights based on odds and who we want to play with fake units, right? So we could tally it up at the end. And just to see how it all works out, cause man, um, who knows? Maybe, maybe, it, maybe you'll need real money for the for the juju to really be attached. <laughs>
1: uh, well, but we, telling I,
0: you. I think we could get you a dub. I think we could get you a dub, man. I, oh. I, that's the thing about uh, sports gambling. Um, I've I talked to my one of my close friends. Shout out my guy Lewis. Uh, I talked to him about this a lot, but he goes, um, <laughs> "Oh shit." We were talking about parlays. I, like, mentioned the parlays. Like, oh, shit, you like donating your money, too? Like, literally, that's 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 exactly <laughs> yeah, what it is. Like,
1: bro. just dropping donations, bro. I, I knew. I knew I was cursed forever when I bet the, the Bills-Chiefs game. And I picked the Bills. And I'm like, yeah, the Bills about to win. Here we go. And I had the crazy parlay where it was the Packers. Like, that parlay where it was all the underdogs. And it just needed the Bills to win and 13 seconds left. I'm about to get two grand. I'm about to get it and then Mahomes and God and the Draft Kings lords just said fuck you <laughs> and took it all away from me. And I was heartbroken, but I apparently didn't learn my lesson. I feel that, bro. There's
0: nothing there's nothing worse than that sweat. That's why sometimes you got to cash out, bro. It's not even worth it. Yes, but I know. We'll yeah. move on the second <laughs> The second crop of announcements is for UFC 296. This was the card that we thought originally was going to be – squared away for one conor mcgregor the the guy that we spent 40 minutes talking about at the beginning of the show <laughs> <laughs> um but unfortunately they couldn't figure out with usada how to make that work or maybe they're just going to drop one of those brock lesnar promos in a couple weeks like you said and he, like steam like stone cold he'll hop out with his theme music out of nowhere and he'll just <laughs> he'll just be walking out to the ring who knows but they announced the co-main event as a goddamn banger. Alexandra. <laughs> I fucked that up. Alexandre Pantoja. Going up against Brandon Royval. For the flyweight strap. Sean. I gotta ask you again off the top. I'm gonna throw to you again. I promise I'll take the main event first. But oh, how you me. feeling about this matchup? And most importantly. Do you think. That. Mr. Pantoja can become the first flyweight champion since demetrius johnson to defend his title more than two times
1: um no i don't think he'll be able to defend it more than two times i think he will beat roy val but i think his rematch against brandon moreno will happen eventually and moreno will get his belt back not speaking like i'm biased or anything but i do believe Brandon Moreno thrives on the comeback story. I think he doesn't do well when he gets comfortable being a champion. But when he has to when when he wants to go get it again, that's when he's at his best. But keeping it on this, I Pantoja's on another level at this current moment. Um he he was he looked really, really, really good against Moreno when we were all together for that fight actually. Um I think it was UFC two ninety. But um yeah, I, I think he's on another level and Roy Voll has lost to both Moreno and Pantoja. And I like Roy Voll. I just think Roy Voll is right there. He's always like um I don't know how to like a, you know, there's superstar A level guys and I think he's like a A minus level type of guy. Where he's always gonna be able he's like Max Holloway in this current moment. Where Max can he can beat any of the contenders. But when it comes to running into Pantoja, when it comes into running into Brandon Moreno, I, I look at it more as like, a, I just don't think you're there yet. But this year has been full of the craziest of surprises when it comes to who's champion and who's not. We have people getting hurt. We have people who were unranked to being a number two to shocking the world. And then we have someone who we threw in as a gimme fight who ended up winning. It's just been... Crazy! It's been a crazy, crazy year. So Royval has just as much of a chance as Pantoja, but if I had to think as a MMA fan, like I I have been for the last 12 years, I would have to say Pantoja has my, has my uh, call for right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, that all spot on stuff. I love it. I love the analysis here. Um, whenever i i imagine this uh matchup obviously we already saw it once right um i think what what makes this one so murky and why i'm having a hard time saying anything definitively right is like we have no idea how brandon Bow is gonna look like it really comes down to how how he's been able to recover from his multiple injuries and what he's been able to do in the meantime right so I think, as far as gains being made, I think it'll be a much closer fight than the second fight. But I'm going with Pantoja as well. Um, I, I don't. I think this is gonna be an awesome fight. Like I, I love that it's a co-main to this to this card too, because it's gonna lead right into the main event. It's hopefully that momentum carries over into the main event as well. Um, I I hate it though, just because I feel like. Colby Covington's going to find a way to be a dick to two of the nicest dudes <laughs> in the fucking world. Um, he's going to find a way to do it. Uh, but, yeah, I think Pantoja is a pretty safe bet here. Um, I also agree with you, though, that I just feel like... Honestly, bro, I just think we're, all these motherfuckers are vulnerable. Like, I think... it this was always true in mma and like people like john jones people like gsp these are all outliers for a reason right these are people that are doing extraordinary shit that still you look back on and obviously with what we know now um the trends still exist for a reason um it's very clear that what they were able to do is very special and it's going to be hard to replicate and who knows if we, if we ever will see that to that extent i just think Moving forward, we can expect a lot of turnover with these belts, and um, nobody is safe, man. That, that this is why I love MMA because nobody is safe, right? Like, imagine a world where the WBC title is moving to every two years like this consistently to somebody else. It doesn't happen, bro. It it really doesn't. So, um, love me some MMA because of that. Our main event, Leon versus Colby Covington, Colby Queefington himself, um, Diego Lopez's uh, twin brother uh, from the States. Um, I can't stand this fucking fight. The fact that it took this long to play out, I think a lot of it was actually because of Leon, honestly. Um, But I don't even care. The fact that it took this long and we sat on this knowing that he never deserved this fight but for some for some reason Dana props him up like he's the most deserving contender ever because he weighed in as a backup like the the rationale for the fight terrible the actual matchup now you now you talking to me right now now we could actually get into this Everything about Colby Covington is default. I'm annoyed because I actually liked him as a person before the, the, the fakest heel turn ever. Right. It's not even a, a fucking heel turn. Honestly, it's, it's the a cringe turn. Um, as far as him as a fighter, the dude is fucking good. Like, let, let's be very clear about that. And I think he poses some very unique challenges to Leon Edwards. Now, If this was two or three years ago, I think I'll 100% be picking Colby Covington. I think just based on what we've seen and who we know Leon to be at that time, um, it would make more sense even considering his own long layoffs, right? What has it been? Shout out to to Bilal Muhammad tweeting out um, (laughs) – (laughs) it's been over a thousand nine hundred days since he's gotten a win uh which is very true right Uh, against someone that's still relevant in the UFC um his record aged like milk um but the skills is what pays the bills and they exist so please do not sleep on Colby Covington here um I am going to be picking Leon Edwards but I think this one goes to the to the cards and I think it's I think both guys are going to have an uh, argument on to who's going to win this fight. I think it's going to be that close. I think the the cage defense is where this this fight is going to be won or lost in my opinion as far as the the grappling exchanges and the takedowns from Colby. If Leon can keep him at range and not even make that a factor, um he wins easy, right? Um but I I just don't see a world where someone as persistent as Colby and someone who's willing to get hit to to land a couple uh, like him, I just don't see it getting. Um, excuse me, I don't see it not getting messy um, and giving him an opportunity to get in on on Leon's hips at some point. Um, I think I'm gonna comfortably say I'm picking Leon, and we'll see how things go as as things develop. But uh, I'm not sleeping on Colby, and I would hate to live in a world where he's champ. But Sean, who you got for the 296 main event?
1: It's tough for me because. To be honest with you, I can see a situation where Colby finds a way to get it done, and uh, because this year has just been so crazy, and uh, I really, I really don't understand a way how he gets a title shot. You know, the, we've been arguing about this for a while. Even even reporters have brought it up to Dana, and like the way Dana holds Colby to the. He's the, he's the greatest welterweight there is if Usman doesn't exist yeah, Then, at that time, yes, then. But Leon has taken over. Leon has fought Usman three times now and beaten him the last two. He learned how to beat him. He beat him, and then he did it again to prove that he could beat him. Obie has had two different shots at Usman at two different times and lost both. I don't see... How beating Masvidal, who's clearly on the way out because of a tremendous hype fight, that that weeps him into getting a title shot where he, because he, you know, he put himself as a backup just so, because he knew he wasn't gonna fight, but he threw himself as a backup just so he could be in Dana's good graces. I don't know. This is tough for me. I think Leon's at a better point right now but at the very at the exact same time I could see a situation where Colby just out wrestles him he's a much better wrestler and Colby has the weakest hands I've ever seen but he can land some pretty decent combinations you know back in the day so I I do think that there is uh anything can happen and the fact that you know Nate Diaz if he really wanted to could have put Leon to sleep at that fight I still think that, you know, Leon has had an amazing moment. And the fact that, you know, he beat beat Usman in the head kick and then having his home crowd behind him definitely, I I think definitely helped him out, you know, retain the belt. But, you know, back in American soil and the fact that Colby is going to be either loved or hated, but I think mostly loved, I think there's a real scenario here where Colby can come out as a champion and we will have a situation that I never thought would be possible of Colby Covington, Sean Strickland, and Sean O'Malley as champions in UFC. It, it, it could be the craziest times in UFC history. And if he gets the bell, bro, I the, 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 the floodgates that would open for, for that division and for you know that character of arrogance it would be unreal like it, you you almost need him to lose because if he loses this one there's like nothing he could say now like you had three title chances and then you lose all three and then your resume like you said it, it aged like fucking like milk like it you had you have some decent wins but the wins you really have are guys who don't exist here anymore so you could really ride off covington i think covington's entire career rides on this fight and uh i think leon could be the you know the final chapter for him for sure
0: damn bro that was poetic bro on this earth there's not a win that's credible on sean <laughs> i said sean on uh colby, colby it's the record i fucking love it uh but now let's get to the best part the reason why we came to talk on this show and it's ufc hellscape 1000 Fiziev versus gamrot i as far as apex events go um this is actually a pretty good fight night card right like this is a this is a pretty spicy uh, fight night card, I've definitely, seen better. Oh, I've definitely seen better. I've definitely seen better. I
1: didn't oh, even know man. this was at the apex. That is disappointing. Sorry, <laughs> <It's good thinking. laughs>
0: yeah, man. It's been such a good stretch, right? Of all these good, epic fights, um, in epic locations to match the market where you got passionate fans just going crazy in France, all of Mexico traveled to Vegas, and then. We're chilling in fucking the Apex once again. God damn it. Um, I can't wait to start with this first fight of the night because the memes here are tremendous. Bef- Bef- <laughs> Montserrat Rendon at plus 200 is coming up against Tamirez Vidal at minus 225. Sean, I gotta ask you off the top. I'm putting you right in the hot seat here, man. That's fine. Are you going to draft another Montserrat at plus 200? <laughs> Is that what's gonna happen here? Oh. Hey man.
1: It's possible. <laughs> I have to I have to see how my draft goes, and you know, I might have to do some sneaky stuff here. I might have to change my name to Team Montserrat, you know, you never know. I fucking love. You never it. know who you got in this fight. Um, I have to say, I'm more of a fan of uh, Vidal. Watching her, uh, you know, in the fight night with obviously the flying knee, but before that, when she was in the LFA, um, she's had some some very, very uh, distinguished wins and uh she has dominated the scene for for quite some time and you know seeing her get into the ufc and have a performance like she did uh definitely put me uh in the radar there for for me to notice and for monster i like i I do like i do like what she's done as of weight i do feel though that i feel she's a little early coming in to the ufc and um i say that because you know, she hasn't fought in almost a year, and you know that was, her last win was in Invicta, and that one um, was very, very close. I literally just rewatched the fight today, just to see, because I was like, has Brittany fought? I mean, Brittany fought because she she fought Brittany, but I was like, has she fought anyone other than Brittany in a while? Anyone has anyone happened, and um, so I really just don't. I don't know how much she's could have learned without fighting in a whole year and then getting this call up to the UFC. I think this is a big opportunity for uh Vidal to continue to show how uh big of a fight she can be, especially as the first fight of a Apex, you know, they could, you know, get the crowd going, the the 500 of them that'll be there. I think this could be a A nice little start to the card, and I think it'll be with with Vidal getting a ground and pound knockout. I love it. All
0: four of the fans are just gonna be going absolutely insane.
1: Absolutely crazy. It's gonna be
0: you'll be able to hear a fucking pin drop during this fight. I promise you guys. Definitely. Um,
1: (laughs) Definitely.
0: It's so weird, right? Because she is very green, Montserrat, despite being the older fighter, right? She's 34 um while Tamiris Vidal is 25. Um, I'm kind of rooting for Montserrat because of that, right? Like the, this, yeah. This is the time, if there ever is one, and I think she has an interesting skill set. What What really confuses me is I feel like she lacks um, next level power and process. Like both of those things are are what's stopping her from moving on in this division, and she just ends up in weird like clinch fest, like <laughs> over and over again. And in those spaces, you're gonna end up really getting tied up with Vidal, which I really like how aggressive her jiu Jitsu is. No matter where she is, she's hunting submissions like she's she's trying to wrench your arm against the fence. She's trying to figure out ways to to uh, set things up, which I love. um this is a tough matchup. honestly, more so than the odds suggest in my opinion. I'm also going with Tamirez Vidal in this one. um I'll just be shocked if you'll be able to make your UFC debut at 34 years old and, and get a W against a prospect that actually looks like she has promise in this division. So at the end of the day though, um, I'm just glad that Bantamweight is getting some new blood, right? We we need, we need some new uh, movement going on in this division. Um, so got to get some, something going, but uh, we look to be unified on this one. Next up, Mizuki, in a way, a minus 298 favorite going up against Hannah Goldie at plus 255. Um, there's a lot of people in love with Hannah Goldie. <laughs> I don't get it. It's it's the muscle mommy syndrome. I, it must be. Um, it has to be. Right? It has to be. Excuse Definitely. me. As far as their fighting styles, I think Hannah Goldie is someone who... As far as her athletic platform, like she has fucking earned her stake in the UFC, regardless of if she is a championship quality fighter. I think everything she has become as a mixed martial artist is because she fucking puts in so much work, (laughs) like more than a lot of people. And the reason why I say that is... And this is, once again, as respectfully as possible. Despite her athletic ceiling, I feel like a lot of things don't come naturally to her um, as far as the striking phases and in grappling exchanges as well. Um, It's honestly kind of hard to find an area where she is dominant. And if you do, it's usually against a fighter who isn't that good, right? So um, I love Mizuki way's potential i don't love her game i think Mm -hmm. she and once again it's been three years right it's been three years since we last saw her fight um we have no idea how she's gonna look either right um but i think as far as her actual um advantages a lot of the time she ends up not being able to bring them to bear um not being able to have effective takedowns a lot of the time, but really leaning on your grappling game and then having a, like building an outside game. That's actually really dangerous. Um, but finding yourself like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like it's not even fainting once again, not even fainting for the sake of uh, setting things up, but fainting to try to find range and then just lunging in a lot of times. Um I think there's a lot of growth, uh for both of these women uh if they te- if they want to be title contenders that needs to happen. But I think it's pretty clear that they try to set up Mizuki to get a, a nice win here on the mend and obviously they would love to have some more um Asian talent uh to trot out there with uh their future plans. So I think this is a pretty set up fight and I honestly would be um really down on Mizuki anyway's stock if she ends up losing this one. Not just because um it's set up for her. Right. But just, and this is no hate to Hannah Goldie, but I think if they fought three years ago before she ever got injured, Mizuki in a way would have been able to beat Hannah Goldie. So uh, I, I don't see that changing now. So once again, I think I beat that horse dead. How you feeling, Sean?
1: Well, I also look at it the same thing where, yeah, she, Mizuki hasn't fought in three years, but you know, um, thing is, is that with Hannah, she's only fought once in two years, so you know, I think this fight is set up for Mizuki, and I think Mizuki fights out of Longo's camp, right? Here in in New York. Yes, sir. So, you know, I I do love what they're doing over there. They have a great team, and uh, I think this fight is a perfect fight to get her back into the UFC leaderboards and the rankings or whatever, even though she won't be ranked right away, but I think this is a fight for her to kind of build herself back in. I do like Hannah Goldie. I I hate calling her Goldie because her her name is Goldschmidt. And I that's how I know her. But it's just I don't I don't know, it's just me. I hate calling her Goldie. It's weird. The fact that you know Um, her as that is kinda crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I I I looked at her I've been watching, I've been waiting for this event, okay? Because I had to sit out a week. So I had to go full tape watch the game film and you know really focus up because that's what happens when you have time when you bet on yourself and lose so i was watching this uh her fights and i do like you know her boxing style the thing is with me is that i think inactivity and even the activity that she's had as of late hasn't worked out And uh, her last fight that I remember, which was a a little over a year ago, against Meatball Molly, was definitely very telling for me. Uh, That was a time when they tried, they were hyping up Molly the best that they could. And uh, I think, you know, I think they're going to do the same thing. I think Hannah is just another, throw them in to hype up another fighter, which has got to be tough for, for someone like Hannah. But that's where I think it goes. I'm going with Mizuki as well.
0: All knotted up. Next up, Mohammed Usman who's a minus 142 favorite coming up against Jake Collier at a plus 135 on the return. Sean, how
1: you feeling about Kamaru's older brother, right?
0: Is he Oh yeah, I think he is
1: he is older. I think you're right. Um how do I feel about it? I think this is Usman's fight to lose, but he's he has I think he wins. Um pretty dominantly, to be honest with you. Uh, I think they, they've they been trying to hype up Usman as much as they can. He's been kind of slow coming out of the gate since winning the Ultimate Fighter, but um, I think now he's starting to get his footing. Uh, he's got a big story here. Every time he fights, you know, they obviously mention the situation that happened with uh, it was his son or his daughter. I think it was his daughter. I don't remember what happened, but, I, I you know, it's very, really unfortunate and he's you know he's trying to it's very very difficult to be just like you know your brother and i don't think he's gonna do that but you have a nice camp there and you know uh yeah he's got to be because i think muhammad's around 34 35 um i and you know he's a very scary man you know he's, he's built very well and when i look at someone like jake you know jake kind of floats around for me um Jay kind of reminds me of like uh, Mike Tyson punch out when you're on like the second or third round, where they're gonna give you a little bit of problems, but you're gonna you know, when you face Piston Honda the, for the second for the first time, not the second time. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about at all, but uh, when you when you fight him the first time, you could dominate him easily, and then you just watch him crumble the rest, you know, of his career in boxing in, in that game, but. I think it's going to be just like that. I think Muhammad is going to... If he could just find a way to not gas out after the first three and a half minutes, I think he can absolutely take it and just keep the distance. And I think uh, Usman gets it done. It's going to be close at first, but I do think that Usman will be just much more powerful and uh, will get the finish.
0: I, lo- I love the way you broke that down because it made me question my pick like it made me feel like (laughs) fuck, man muhammad guzman is a gassy guy he is a gassy guy and i am one for sure to root for the dad bodded opponent right i am i am that guy um i think there's real paths to victory for jay collier especially um In the grappling phases, right? In the grappling phases. If he's able to make Muhammad Usman work consistently, I think he's a little smoother on the feet. Now, I'm loving the improvements I've seen since he's gotten with Trevor Whitman. Since that change has happened, um, he's actually been looking a little more uh, methodical out there, which you love to see, but also just a little more contained, especially in the striking. Uh, which you love to see. I think him and Kumar really benefited uh, from training with Trevor, especially with that one, two, and just getting used to finding your range versus um, trying to collide into range to get a takedown. Right. Um, I think if that trend continues and everything you said, um, this should be a Muhammad Usman fight. Interestingly enough, there's been actually a lot of line movement on Jake Collier. There's a lot of people betting on him as an underdog, uh, so much so that in some houses, I see Muhammad Usman down even at 135 right now as far as uh, a closer favorite. Um, this feels like a trap fight. This feels like we're both going to have a red stripe on our record because of this fucking fight next week. Um, but I, I think uh, Muhammad Usman is the pick to make for sure. So I'm going to go with Damn him it. <laughs> yeah I had to make the case, but uh can't can't go off the deep end next up yeah, Jacob yeah. Malkoon at minus four eighty five coming up against Cody Brundage at plus four hundred mm. someone who is I believe a a late the second late notice replacement um the yeah. original matchup was supposed to be um Aliashkob kizriev a fucking. Sorry assassin. So I I'm Sorry. I'm happy for Jacob Malkun that that's not the fight but um Sean I'm going to let you lead the dance here. How you feeling, brother?
1: I'm going with the Mamba here. Going with the Mamba, which is Jacob. Uh, that's his nickname. Um I like it. I I I I'm a little bit nervous because of how big the odds are, but I I I'm a big fan of his. Um, I am. I am less of a fan of Cody than I, you know, am a big fan of Jacob. So, I think Cody has. How do I put this lightly? A interesting fighting style to the point where I just. I think it has not worked for him in quite some time, and I think. Nothing has changed to fix that, but I do love how often he does fight and how often he tries to throw himself back in. Um, I had a lot of hope for him when he had beaten Trayshawn Gore, which was already four fights ago, like, and it was only, I think, a year ago. But I do love how active he is, but at the same time, I think this is, um, Jacob's fight to lose and I I just don't see that happening now and uh, I Do feel that Jacob gets the job done
0: Yes, sir Um, This one's a little weird for me not gonna lie. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Cody Brundage is clearly in my opinion the better athlete Um, But Jacob Malkoon is certainly the better uh the better processed fighter, um, I a hundred percent. If I'm picking anyone, it's gonna be Jacob Malkoon, just because he has proven not only that he can win fights with his grappling and his stand up, um, but that he's also just fucking nails, dude. Like this, this, this guy takes shots and is willing to engage in in any phase of MMA. Um, but once he gets dominant position on you and he's able to punish you, he's going to punish you and he's going to make you regret um, any of the damage. You may have been able to land along the way. I'm, I'm a little more worried about this fight than I should be. I think, I I think he's this big of a favorite for a reason. It is what it is. Uh, But I'm looking out for you, Cody Brundage. Uh, You got a big opportunity here. And, there's there's paths, man. There is paths, right? When you when you clearly have the higher athletic ceiling. But uh, Jacob Malcun is locked in. That's four in a row, baby. Four in a row where we have the same fighters. I love it. Our next fight, we've got Tim Means. Timmy Means Business, baby. At plus 160. Coming up against Andre Fialo, who is a minus 175 favorite. I just got to say, off the bat, I fucking love this fight. This this fight is amazing. Um, This is one of the fights I'm most looking forward to. This is a scary fight for Tim Means. Um, Obviously, as he's aging in this division, I think uh, Fialo's power is dangerous for anyone, uh, but especially an aging fighter at 170. I'm actually a little concerned with whether or not Fialo's actual weight class is 170 um well 155. He, where does he fight he fights at 170 right am i losing my mind here
1: i i, I always thought it was 170 but now you have me thinking
0: because he used to fight he used to fight at lightweight am i yeah about they're, yes yes
1: they're they're welterweights
0: yeah yeah they are welterweights Oh, yes, I will. Uh, you had
1: me questioning myself for a second.
0: I'm. I, yeah, I did question myself too, because I know for sure Fiallo has fought at at lightweight. So considering that, it's a little weird that he looks big for this fucking weight class. But I don't. I, I'm interested in that narrative moving forward and whether or not this is an easy cut for him. I'd say that to make the case that this feels like Tim Means versus Mike Perry all over again. Right? Like as far as the matchup, like he's gonna be competitive, he's gonna be there in spots. Um Fialo clearly is the much more dangerous guy. Um, but give me fucking Tim Means, man, at plus t- at plus 160. I'm taking the dog, baby. I'm a fan of both guys, so I'm not gonna be affected either way. Uh I just think. Um, he's going to go on his own little Matt Brown redemption tour until he gets his Matt Brown
1: rematch. So give me 10 means. I disagree. I think, um, I think Andre Fialo is uh, trying to right his wrongs. He's still young in this game, you know, 29 years old, still got plenty of career left in him. I think he's had a rough go as of the last, what is the last year and a half? Let's say Um, I still, you know, I, 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 I'm I, not looking at him as being a different, you know, a, a better fighter. As you know, you know, I felt like losing to Jake Matthews was pretty telling to me last year. And then uh, the loss to Joaquin Buckley earlier this year was was another one. But I believe that um, Tim Means I do love because he's he's one of the few fighters that are still around from the time I started watching. And uh, I'm a big fan of him. He's been around for, I think, literally forever. Um, Probably since, like, 2013 or 2012. So I think I'm a big fan of what Tim Means has done for his career. He's built some crazy winning streaks. And then, you know, even now, I think this is the telling and the the telling point and the time to step off point for him. He's 39 years old, Um, you know. He lost to Alex Morono, which Alex Morono is the king of stepping in at last second type fights and he either gets beat up completely or he beats you up. And uh I think with this this is this is a career ender for Fiallo if he can't get this done. And I think with Tim Means his career is coming toward an end regardless. And I think that Fiallo realizes that he needs this win, he needs to get back uh, in the winning ways and uh I think this is a, a win for Fialo and a way for Tim Means to put the gloves down for the final time.
0: I love it. I think the only way Tim Means wins this one if he's the Matador to to Fialo's bull, and is able to catch him coming in. That's the that's the only way he's gonna win. Yes. Um, even if I, I don't I don't see him knocking him out. Like I think it's gonna be by decision if he does. Uh, so I'm 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 hoping for a lot to work out here. I will admit that. So uh, I'm I'm not hating on your pick at all. Next up. Another one back to back. These next four, to be honest, are on my radar, and not just because they're uh, good individual fighters, but because the matchup is just fun to contemplate. We've got Miles John, Johns at plus one fifty four, coming up against Dan Argetta, who's a minus one seventy five favorite. Dan is fucking j j j jacked, bro. Just diced up from the socks. How you feeling about this bantam weight throwdown sean?
1: see you you say he's jacked, but the same time I, I I can't take anything away from miles man that dude's jacked as well, so this is gonna be really, really close. um bantam weights like this are always very dicey because it really can be anyone at any given moment i I'm, I really do like miles john's in this in this fight, but at the same time, like Seeing what Dan did in his last fight, you know, got me a little worried. And, uh, you know, he's had a a really dominant run when he was in the uh, LFA. And um, he had a better win when he started this year off after losing to Damon Jackson. But I believe, honestly, I believe in... uh, I'm going to change it up and I'm going to go with Miles because... I believe in experience, and I believe that Miles is going to be counted out on this fight. I think this fight's going to be hyped up a little bit more for Dan, and I, I do, I do really believe it's long. As long as Miles doesn't get uh, choppy with this and he doesn't become so sloppy, I think Miles can can. Get the job done here and it's gonna be really close i could definitely see dan taking this one but i, I think i'm gonna switch it up and uh i'm gonna go with miles here it's gonna be very close dude i love it i love that you made
0: this pick because you, you took the weight off of me here right you took the weight <laughs> you took the weight off of me here um this is a dangerous fight for dan Argetta. i agree i agree with you hundred percent this is a dangerous fight And I think the way he wins this isn't even just go out there and take him down, bro. Right. That's, that's, that's what people are going to say. I think it's really comes down to how willing Dan Argetta is to strike with Miles Johns to set up his takedowns. I think Miles Johns put, like you said, puts himself in a position um, just all the time he puts himself in bad positions, overextending for shots, and uh, really trying to just fucking kill you out there. He, he's that kind of fighter. So if if you're going to allow those exchanges to a certain extent, it's going to open up more opportunities. Now, can you get rocked and hurt in the meantime? 100%. I think that's, that's a really scary um, prospect sort of uh, – matchup on the way up because not only can this guy like really put you out on the feet but it's not like he's known for having bad grappling like the exchanges in this is going to be amazing obviously i'm a little upset with the way the ronnie lawrence fight went because i love me some of the heat i love ronnie lawrence and i thought we had something going there right i thought i thought there was something exciting to watch um i am a little worried that when it comes down to Dan Argetta's long-term upside, when the going gets tough, um, we see him sort of wilt a little bit. Uh, so I I was so close to doing the same thing as you, um, but I'm gonna pick Dan Argetta here. Um, I think this should be uh, a, an advanced spot for him just because Miles Johns isn't someone who has like an imposing reach advantage and fights to his advantage if he had it. So. Give me uh, Dan Argueta. Gotta catch my breath here. Next up, we've got Ricardo Ramos at plus one twenty, coming up against Charles Jordan at minus one thirty five. I know you love the way I did that, right? Just gotta, That's just got fucking roll. You gotta roll it a little. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? I was there. Was I was there. I was, I was there in the UBS Arena when when he <laughs> fought uh, <laughs> Shane Burgos. Goddamn it. Um, I'll take the lead on this one. I love both of these guys games so much. I think this is the closest fight statistically on the card for a reason, right? Like the, this is a, a prospect fight. If there is one, um, both of these guys have significant upside at 45. It's so funny how far Ricardo Ramos has come in his UFC career. Um, I, I, I really like the most recent developments from Charles Jordan versus what I've seen from Ricardo Ramos lately. I think Charles Jordan has been. okay. how do I how do I explain this properly? I feel like Charles Jordan now. Was Ricardo Ramos like four fights ago like he he was willing to do a whole bunch of wild shit and put himself in tough positions and hasn't like hadn't been made to to pay for it just yet. I think he's recently really reigned in his game and has stood within himself and still been able to be consistent on offense, which you love to see. Ricardo Ramos is just as dynamic as it comes and I think his submission skills here adds another layer of danger. Uh, that makes this a scary fight to pick i'm going with charles jordan here i think he's going to be able to be consistent enough to try to hurt ricardo ramos at some point i think he's always dangerous obviously always willing to throw some crazy spinning shit that could just take you out um i just think long term process wise charles jordan is going to be able to eat up those legs land some nice teeps to the body start forcing ricardo ramos to to come in and and then I think Charles Jordan might even get a couple takedowns, takedowns, uh, just reactive doubles as he is trying to crash in and make something happen as the fight sort of starts to get away from him. So I think this actually turns out to be a relatively uh, clean 29-28 uh, unanimous uh, decision victory for Charles Jordan. What you got, Sean?
1: The exact opposite. I think... Uh, I'm going with Ricardo here. And I do this because I actually have paid attention to Jordan for a while now. Obviously he's been here for a good minute. Um but I I have not been impressed as of his last I would say two years. Um, I haven't I haven't looked at it and I, you know, thought differently. And, you know, I, I also look at it the way the UFC tried to look at it, where they threw him against Kron and wanted Kron to show out like they were giving him Jordan so that Jordan would lose and I look at that in a way where you know obviously it was very clear that they were trying to hype up Kron again and I think Jordan's still a great fighter I just feel that Ricardo has improved a lot since I last saw him at the uh the last time I saw him when he lost in um my God, what I don't remember. We just talked about him. Go over to share his card. I can't mm-hmm. remember it, but it was one of those. It was, but it was. Uh, I I've seen him improve a lot, and um, I'm a big fan of what he's done to improve. And you know what? I, I can never be, I can never go wrong with anyone fighting out of uh, Alpha Male. So, you know, they they have some losers over there. They have some winners, and I think he's one of these guys where. He's gonna prove that he, you know, belongs here, and I think uh, kind of change the outcome for Jordain here. I think Jordain had a nice win against Kron, shutting him out completely. But I believe that Ricardo is gonna flip that narrative really quickly. So I'm gonna go with Ricardo.
0: I love it, man. I love it. I hope. Uh, ricardo ramos is able to bring the fury back out of charles jordan yes. i think uh i think i would love to see that next up brian battles minus 175 coming up against aj fletcher plus 155 sean how you feeling
1: Ooh, this is a good one i'm actually um i'm a fan of this one to be honest with you um the reason i'm a fan of it is because i'm i'm I think I'm into this Brian Battle hype. To be honest, I think I'm beginning to believe. Uh, I I haven't been the biggest of believers of him, but you know I did love what he did in the Ultimate Fighter, and then you know his his come up has been really exciting. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I'm not really too convinced yet. Not convinced yet. And I think I was doing everything I could to not be convinced a brian battle and i kept looking for a way out i kept looking for a reason and uh you know i think it was the loss i can't remember who he lost to I can't there's no way i'm gonna remember his name but i could see it Renat Fakhradinov. there you go that's that's gotta be who it was um <laughs> because i remember there's no shot of me pronouncing that name i i remember that one very very well um Yeah, that's got to be who it was. But, yeah, I, I, and then that's what it was telling me right then and there. Like, oh, yeah, see, this is the reason. This is the reason why I can't believe in him. But then, you know, his very next fight where he he wins, I think it went under, like, 30 seconds against... um,
0: 14. Yeah, against
1: Gabe Green. Gabe Green. Yes. Bars. Yes, (laughs) bars. Then I was like, you know what? Why am I hating? Why am I hating on what this man has been doing? And... You know I'm not taking anything away from AJ Fletcher, because AJ Fletcher has had a great resume as well. You know he's new to the UFC scene, but if you have seen him in the, well, the Contender Series, obviously, but before that, uh, at AKA, and I can never remember this promotion to save my life, but he fought somewhere before for like four different fights. I see it all the time too, and I can't remember it, but it's uh he's had a very nice little resume. And um I but I, I have to I have to start believing in Brian battle, and I think, you know what, no better time than right now. so I'm going to go with Brian battle here. It's going to be a hell of a fight though, hell of a fight. this could possibly be fight of the night for me, and um I think Brian gets it done.
0: I love the breakdown, man. Um, I think the biggest problem for AJ Fletcher in this matchup is going to be the reach disadvantage. He has a 67-inch reach, while Brian Battle has a 77-inch reach, a 10-inch reach advantage. Um, I love AJ Fletcher's attitude and spirit when he's fighting. I, I think he he's an easy guy to root for. Um, I say this with all due respect, because uh, once again – Um, he could come and cut my ass too. I would welcome it. But the dude is funny looking, right? Like just the dimensions of his body and the way like uh, his frame for 170 is kind of weird, bro. So (laughs) every time I watch him fight, uh, I can't help but get that out of my mind. Um, I agree with you. I'm a big fan of Brian Battle. That was the last season of The Ultimate Fighter that I cared about. And the entire time watching his run through that season, I'm like, He's making these guys look bad, and he's the last pick, right? He's the underdog. He was supposed to be um, someone who just got finished early on, on on someone else's story way to the title, right? Instead, he was able to win the Ultimate Fighter, and just that determination, he's a completely different guy since when he won the Ultimate Fighter. um, And you can see that just in his physique. Um, The dude took really took the... Uh, moved down to 170 seriously and has been looking amazing for it. So, I agree with you. I'm also going to be picking Brian Battle here. I think there's a real uphill climb for AJ Fletcher. I think if there is a path to victory, it's going to be being really consistent with his takedowns and putting himself in a good position to get top control. We've seen uh, Brian Battle have issues with Renat in that phase, but I don't think AJ Fletcher is anywhere near a Renat Fakhradino. So, I am going with. Brian Battles. Next up, <clears throat> excuse me. We've got Marina Rodriguez <laughs> minus three hundred coming up against Michelle Waterson Gomez at plus two fifty five. Um, bruh, is right because <laughs> no matter what happens here, um, if we if we're not linking up to watch this fight. This is the no pants fight for me. They're (laughs) they're gone, bro. They're they're gone. Um, Love love me some Michelle Waterson Gomez. uh, But I think this is a very tough matchup for her. I mean, we already saw this fight once, and that was a very bad loss for her then. I think since then, the biggest change that we've seen in Michelle Waterson is a little bit more technical in the grappling phases not putting herself in the head and arm um, death roll whenever she gets a chance uh, which was something that plagued her on a lot earlier on in her career especially in the ufc um i think if she is gonna win this fight it's gonna be in the grappling um i think she didn't have much success there in the first fight but i think her aggressiveness lately is a little promising, right? Like it, there's a there's a significant change I think in her last couple fights as far as being willing to engage on the feet. Um and I think that could actually do her some good in this matchup, but I think because of Marina Rodriguez's striking prowess, um she's not going to be as as willing despite how willing she has looked lately. So I think uh Marina Rodriguez should cruise to a decision victory here. I'm picking her. How you feeling, Sean?
1: Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Marina here. I think I think her last fight when she lost to um, uh, Virna, Verna, I don't care. Whatever her name is, because I'm not going to pronounce it. Yeah, sure. I think that was a big, big surprise. Um, I did not expect that to happen. I did not expect her to lose that fight. I think I even picked Marina to win. And uh, I think you know she's had she's had a great run, and then obviously we've seen what Amanda Lemos had become. You know, having her lose to Amanda pretty dominant fashion, I think was a nice little surprise, but not surprise. A nice little wake up call for her. But then I think she didn't wake up yet, and I think this is kind of the UFC throwing her a bone here, because it's really rare when you get a, a fight of uh, the same fighter again. When you're both on a losing streak, it's usually, you know, like there's some continued beef going on. You both have been winning. You know, you found each other again. But I think that they believe that Marina can get right back into a top five ranking, and I think Michelle has passed her peak. And which is hard to, it's hard to say that because you know what, she's she's from where I was born. She's from Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's hard to go against her. Um, but I, I just really believe Marina is a way better fighter. And I think, honestly, if Marina shows up the way she did, you know, when she beat Jan, when she beat Mackenzie Dern, I think she could do the same thing. And just absolutely, even against Warrison Gomez the first time, I think she can absolutely dominate this fight in a pretty clear cut fashion. But if she looks like the way she did against Verna, I think Warrison Gomez has a more, more than a chance to uh, pull off a pretty good upset. But I have to believe Marina comes back and uh, gets a nice dub here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: It's co-main event time, baby. It's co-main event time. I just gotta say, this is the fight of the of the card for me. This is it. This is this is as good as it gets, in my opinion. Bryce Mitchell minus two hundred coming up against Dan Ige plus one seventy five. There's value there if you ask me and i ain't even giving you my pick yet sean how you feeling ooh,
1: ooh i like how you brought it to me with a little surprise um I, I i gotta be real with you I, i'm going with bryce i'm a big fan of bryce i was a big fan of what the ufc what he's done and you know he is a he's a monster when he takes you down it's it it's very scary time and uh I believe firmly that the fight against Ilya was very alarming for me in a way where it was uh I think he was thrown in thinking that Ilya wasn't prepared I think, and obviously there was some situation going on with uh with Bryce as well outside the octagon but Ilya just absolutely ragdolled him made him look like a totally different level but that level is still not as uh, at the level of Dan Ige, and I'm a big fan of Dan Ige and what he's done as of late. But I think this is a fight made for Bryce Mitchell to get himself back into uh, one of the top rankings, and I think Bryce is severely underestimated now with how big of a loss that was. So I have to believe that Ilya. I mean jesus bryce gets the job done and i'm gonna say second round submission Ooh, you're going
0: bold with it god damn um i'm not gonna lie i hate this for me like i really do i hate it for me because i agree with you i am also picking bryce mitchell here um but i don't agree with you as far as how this fight should play out i think Especially lately, like I think, I think Bryce Mitchell, obviously, his strengths are there very clearly. Yes. Um, I think the person to focus on as far as career development right now in this fight is Dan Ige. I think he's mm. gotten much better, obviously, under the tutelage of Eric Nixick. And I think his sure. ability to sure. follow a game plan, especially through the stretch of a fight has really impressed me, man. This dude is a good soldier if there is one, and he he really does listen to his corner. I loved his last fight against Nate Landwehr. Really took the dog out of the dog, right? Like, put, a, right. put him in a position where he didn't really have the chance uh, to, to even get out of that first gear. Um, you love to see that, because I feel like earlier on in his career, that would have been a fucking tooth and nail scrap, honestly. Yeah. Um, but... Loving the way I'm seeing Dan Ige uh, change his style. And I think if he's able to keep Bryce Mitchell on the outside of his uh, edge of his jab and and just give him enough threats uh, to make those takedown attempts few, fewer and fewer as the fight goes on, I think he has a real shot here. Um, I just think I agree with you. Bryce Mitchell's grappling is a different level, baby. Doug Nasty. I... I it seems like he's a, and I say this with bated breath. He seems like <laughs> a shitty person, right? Like not the kind of person you wanna you wanna have uh, living on your block. If I'm being real with you, yeah. uh, but as far as his skills, man, the dude is the dude is nasty. I, I love I love what I see. He's he's really strong, deceptively for his build, um, and when he gets a hold of you, like the the grip strength is so clear. Like it it's he has a very he has clear grappler strength that I'm sure his opponents feel don't make sense because you see it often. Um when he's in those control positions, he looks really good. I don't think he looked like himself against Ilya Taporia. And obviously Ilya's a fucking dog. So he he made that fight the problem that it was. So all respect, not taking anything away from Ilya. Um, but I do feel like uh Bryce Mitchell didn't look like himself there, and I expect them to be in big time comeback form here. So I couldn't agree with you more. Bryce Mitchell is the play, but I got my eyes on Dan Ige. I, I wouldn't sure. mind. I, I I love that because I was initially gonna go with with um with Ige but I, I was like you know what Fuck it. let me just do it uh, because either way I can make the case and then now that you picked uh, Bryce Mitchell as well I could just fucking watch it and enjoy it right I don't that's have right. to worry I don't have to stress uh, that's an important thing to consider when we're picking heads head. next up main event time baby oh, oh lord Raphael Fiziev at minus 150 coming up against Mateos Gamer Gamrot gives you a plus 140 return oh man the dynamic of this fight is very simple grappler versus striker bro shout out to robin black because none of this shit matters the grappler versus striker thing is so fake that that narrative doesn't exist in 2023 mma but uh it is clear that that's the way they want to be, right? Uh, they're gonna do whatever they can to get there, and it's gonna take place in all the phases in between. Um, I think Mateos Gamrod has had some really bad luck in his career recently. Um, I think just got some bad breaks, but also just came up on the on the right side of uh, the split decision with. Um, help me out here. It's it's that time of night now. What is his name? No,
1: who he be against Jalen?
0: No, 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 no. Before that, Um when you lost to the, the one that fought Islam,
1: uh, Darius. Oh, getting his name.
0: No, 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 no. That's... He has not. Oh no, no. Him. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking.
1: Why am I thinking? I'm thinking. Oh, see, I'm tired now. I'm thinking of Aaron. You said Islam. <laughs> I'm thinking of their fight that's happening in two weeks.
0: Yeah. Um What is his name? God my damn it! Lord.
1: <laughs> he, I, I see his face, bro. Gamera is for Arman. Yes, yes. you
0: okay. yes. yes, that's exactly who I'm thinking of. Sorry, that that was probably terrible podcasting for you guys. So sorry, <laughs> but um, I think he came out on the wrong, on the right side of that when he shouldn't. So it feels like the luck sort of got redistributed here. Um. I think it's I think this is a tough matchup for both of these guys. I I think they've both shown to be extremely durable and I think Fiziev's striking is on another level. I yeah. think he's really going to have uh Gamrot on the ropes so to speak for the majority of this fight, but I do think Gamrot's jab is really going to be his key to success in this one. I think he has really deceptively long arms for his build. And he gets that jab out there really cleanly. And I think if he can disrupt Fiziev, push him back, get him towards the fence, wrench and repeat, I think this should be his fight to win. Um, But I'm going to be picking Rafael Fiziev here. And it's for one reason. I think he has learned the cheat code from fighting Justin Gaethje. And you know what that cheat code is? That when you fucking walk someone down and they're forced to walk backwards the entire fight, it is tiring, bro. It is really tiring, and I think uh, trying to to stay on your back foot and be athletic, especially as a grappler, is a very hard thing to do. Look for Fiziev to come out a little more aggressive than usual, hold space in the cage, and set himself apart here. I think this is gonna this fight is gonna take place in all the phases. We're gonna see Gamrot get multiple takedowns. We're gonna see both of these guys tested in the other's best phase. Um, I just think Fiziev has a little bit more high quality uh, experience, but also um, the skills match up in a way that I think he should be able to get it done here. But once again, I won't be surprised either way. There's, there's ways that this fight could be easy for both guys. So that that's what always makes a, f- for a fun main event. And the fact that this is a main event is why I'm picking Fiziev. If this was three rounds, I'm going route all day. So Sean, how you feeling? Am I crazy?
1: No, I, I honestly agree with you here because I felt that Faziv is going to be pretty intense for the, for the majority of this fight, but i I felt that Gamrod's gonna definitely shoot for some takedowns here. He is known to be a wrestler too. so you know uh, i I did believe that if Gamrod can get him to the ground, then I think he can have uh, an advantage there when it comes to you know holding on to that round. But I I do believe Fiziev learning from your past fight definitely is a tremendous uh, help. And fighting someone like Gaethje and going to a war with someone who you go to war with every time and usually are on the winning end of, but to be on the losing end of a crazy war with Gaethje in a majority loss like that, you know, it was pretty close. I do think that it wasn't close but the judges had it close and uh i think it was a hell of a fight and i think Fiziev learns from this and i think he's a better fighter right now but if, if like you said i think if this is 3 rounds i think Gamrot can win on the points and even maybe even a submission in there but um i think Fiziev for 5 rounds of constantly putting the pressure and just Making Gamrot fight Fiziev's game, which I I see happening for at least three rounds. I think this is Fiziev's fight to get back on the win column, and not too much of a loss for Gamrot here. The problem with that I find with this is not with them two, but more of the division as a whole. I feel this division is so intense with how many great names that there are, but it, the the problem is with this. Uh, division is that everyone's already fought each other you know we've hit that point in this division where everyone's gotten a piece of each other and it's hard to create matchmaking where now everyone said that they fought you know everyone in the top eight has has fought at least four of the guys in front of them or two of the guys behind them like it's everyone could say they fought each other so you know like even with this win against fazee right like i look at it beyond this point beyond what happens next and you know I, i i wonder what what could possibly be next like is he now gonna go fight dustin like how does that work Like, you know what i'm saying like there's so much question so many question marks that come in with uh whoever wins this fight because everyone's fought each other there's no there's no, like, oh, well, this, we could have this debate. It's, we've seen this debate. We've seen the, you know, the, uh, the trail. We've seen the branches that are from each and every one who has fought one another. So I do think Fazeev gets the job done here, but I'm more interested in what the hell happens with the lightweight division after this because they're all a bunch of dogs in 1 through 8, 1 through 10. But, man, it's, it, it gets very tough on, you know, what happens next.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see that title fight because of it, man. I think Islam has a real shot, and we'll get there when we get there, man. But I think watch out for that rematch. I think uh, Charles Oliveira is a fucking problem. Uh, But with all that being said, this was awesome, bro. This is one of my favorite episodes we've done to date. This was great. Um, I can't wait to continue this new format of giving you guys two episodes a week, right? Like, talk about giving the people what they want, right? Two full episodes a week on top of all the other good stuff you got coming at you from OTS. Like there's just so much content coming at you guys. So make sure you are following the brand at OTS media co, as well as OTS media on all social media platforms. Make sure that you're following Sean, because clearly this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. And he's just a a, overall mensch of a man, right? You got, you got to love that. Um, I would say follow me, but you already are, right? Come on, <laughs> come on, bro. Uh, but thank you so much for tuning in. This is a this is literally my finest pleasure. And Sean and I will probably now talk for another 15 minutes about um, just just mutually going back and forth on how this was amazing. Can't wait to be here with you guys next week and cover another awesome weekend of USC action. We'll see you guys then have a good one
1: guys are we not doing picks or dynasty <laughs> you guys it is
0: 2:21 in the in the morning okay it is 2:21 well, we'll fix this <laughs> I kind of don't want to. I kind of I kind of want to leave this unhinged part out of it. Uh, thank you for letting me get everything out. I thought that was an amazing show ender, but Yeah, we could I, and we could just do it in, in our
1: our spare time. It.
0: It's time it's time to pick. I love okay. it. I'm well, going to go first pick. I think this one's pretty easy, right? Ahmed Usman. I'm joking. Rafael
1: <laughs> Fiziev, let's get it. Who you got? Ooh, 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 ooh. ooh. Okay. I don't know. I, you know what? That's that's a little bit of a surprise for me. All right, I get two picks here. So, oh, okay. This is um to start it off. I'll take Bryce. Nice. Uh, Bryce is nice indeed. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And then uh, I don't want you to steal it. You're going to, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, even though I didn't pick him, I'm gonna take Gamrot because I do believe that you know, he has an interesting future ahead. Besides this, this Ooh. week, I did not expect that. Shout out to you
0: for giving me the the, the fighters I wanted. I Holy shit! I, I can't, know. I can't believe this happened. I, I can't believe.
1: I know who you're taking. Uh, to. We, we,
0: we're looking long shot here. Give me, give me Brian Battle. That's who
1: I. That's who I didn't want you to take. <laughs> and then give me Mizuki way. Ooh, see that was the other one I didn't want you to take. Damn it! <laughs> so what happens? Is you're picking at two thirty in the morning. You just you're not thinking straight. All right. All right. I think you got some good picks. I'm not hating on the picks. I like. Yeah, it. yeah, sure. You're not now. Um. <laughs> all right for me i gotta think this one through here to start it off with my two picks i am going to say oh this is tough this is tougher than tough i am going to say
0: hmm, he is gonna say it i'm gonna say at some
1: point he's he's gonna say it (laughs) damn it this is tough because you know what you know what this is a short-term answer for right now i'm gonna take marina um this is a short term golly yeah this is a two fight thing with me because i don't think her career is going to last much longer I think she's got maybe three or four more fights left in her. And uh, I think I could get a couple wins out of that. Then. Mm, 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 mm. I don't like this past. Oh, this is tough for me. This is. Because I have three on my mind. But I gotta I got to narrow it to one. This is the. Ooh, this is, this is, this is difficulty because
0: once I pick, I would love to hear the struggle because I I genuinely am confused right now.
1: Oh, there's two and they are, Oh, is there a way I could switch my picks now? (laughs) Um, if they, if it is the
0: Marina Rodriguez pick, I'll allow it. If it's any other pick, I won't. Yes. Okay.
1: I'm taking her out, and I'm going to take Miles and Dan in this one. Ooh, what the fuck? I didn't
0: expect that. Damn, that's some heat. That's some heat right there. I yes, love it. Changing it up.
1: God Sorry. damn, Sorry, I wasn't bro, ready yeah. for that. I was going for short-term oh. success there, but you know what? I'm, I'm willing to take two L's in this dynasty week to, to build on the future.
0: I like it. I like the approach. And honestly, I don't mind it. Um yeah. Two honestly, two really good options no matter what. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted Argeta there. Um but this makes things interesting now, right? Because now I have a couple of good sleepy options here. Yes. I think my main goal here is to go upside. And I think if I'm going upside, I think it's also important for this dynasty exercise to consider the division they're in. Give me Tamirez Vidal Ooh, as my good. final pick. Very
1: good. Here.
0: And dynasty this week is done. So our final team update. I'm not going to give you all the names because they are in front of your face, but I'm going to make sure that you see the, the people that we drafted for now so let me let me let me effort this before I get it out we got Argetta and we've got Johns so my dynasty team update for this week includes Rafael Fiziev Brian Battle Mizuki Inouye, and Tamirez Vidal while Sean has Bryce Mitchell Mateos Gamrot, Dan Argetta and Miles Johns. I love this draft. I think this this draft, I almost fucking skipped it. And I think this was one of the more fun ones recently, too, just because there were so many options. The fact that none of us picked Marina Rodriguez, we might be feeling stupid as fuck after this. The fact that none of us picked Charles Jordan or Ricardo Ramos, yeah. I think that's only based on the fact that that's such a close matchup. Yeah. That That's why that's we kind of stood away. Yeah. Both of those guys are, are nails, too. So, yeah. yeah, this this was a fun episode all around. Sean, I'm not going to do another full second outro. (laughs) So all I got to say is thank you so much for saving the show. Because if it wasn't for you, clearly I would have drove this train right off the motherfucking tracks. Thank you so much. It's been a blast since you've got incorporated here. And um, I can't see it any other way. So I appreciate it. Once again, it's been a fucking ball. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.